I'm Larry Grovick with the Generic Radio Workshop. You know, as Americans, we hardly travel by train much anymore. Certainly not like we used to do in the 19th and 20th centuries. And it's too bad. You know, you get a train, you put a bunch of strangers on it, and almost anything can happen from love to murder. <laughs> That's why Agatha Christie had her murder on the Orient Express. It worked for Alfred Hitchcock, too. He set several of his movies on trains. And when CBS premiered a new radio series in the summer of 1942 called Suspense, one of their very first episodes was a mystery set on a train. Suspense went on to become one of the great radio shows of all time. 20 years, nearly a thousand episodes. To be honest, this early episode we're going to perform today is probably not one of them. It's not one of the most memorable efforts. <laughs> In fact, researchers have discovered that this script was probably an adaptation of an earlier detective show script from the 1930s. And it sounds like it. The dialogue's a little clunky. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. It represents in embryonic prototype form the kind of great suspense shows that were to come. So sit back and join me on a trip. A trip on a transcontinental streamliner where a couple of detectives just fortunately happen to be on, but also a trip back in time to a show not heard in over 80 years. Project Audion's own transcontinental cast stands ready to make you a witness on the westbound Columbia Network takes pleasure in bringing you Suspense. Suspense. The new Columbia feature, produced and directed by Charles Vanda, written by Harold Medford, and scored by Bernard Herman. Each week at this time, CBS invites you to thrill to the great thrills of radio and screen. Stage and fiction invite you to relax from the realities of the moment and enter the world of make-believe drama and pure suspense. This is the account of a train trip, a tale of anxious travelers and a fabulous ride through the night. There was young Mark Melton, for instance, the Pacific Coast detective in Lower Ten. There was Death, the restless passenger who couldn't sleep. And there was the witness, the witness on the westbound train. Westward streaks the Limited. Westward across the broad Middle West, over the Great Divide, and down toward the Pacific Coast, bearing Mark Melton and his partner, 
Joe Bailey. Home and back to work from a Manhattan holiday. A crack time-saving train bearing two detectives who have determined to relax completely and leave time-saving entirely to the engineer. And so, on the third evening out, they enter the train's diner, late for dinner, and very pleased that it doesn't matter. Well, looks like the car's pretty well cleared out, Mark. Yeah, you can eat your customary 16 courses and relax all over the place. Able for two gentlemen. Right this way. Well, I sure hope there's something left to eat. Oh, there's plenty, sir. Yes, sir. Sit right down, sir. There. A little water. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, hello, Mr. Lawrence, and you, Miss Rogers. How do you do, Mr. Melton, and Mr. Uh, uh... Bailey, Bailey, hello. Oh, Bailey. Why is it they always remember your name, never mind? That's the irresistible charm of youth. I'll bring you a menu right away, gentlemen. Oh, but if she'd have been some hatchet face instead of a good-looking blonde, she got my name right off the bat. Never fails. Well, you're more a man's man, Joe. Now, her boss, old Lawrence, he probably knows your first, middle, and last name and remembers every one of those corny jokes you told him in the men's room. <laughs> he really went for him, didn't he? <laughs> Especially the one about the guy who went to the doctor and said he was I know, <laughs> I know. You've told me every day since we left New York. Yeah. Here's the waiter. The menu, gentlemen. You can order anything that's on it. And... If you'd like a cocktail first? Well, yeah, a dry martini. Uh, so will I, but maybe I shouldn't. The living picture of the curse of drink is just entering the diner. What? Oh, yeah. Old Lawrence's nephew. Swacked again. Dill, you mean. Table for one. And Oh, oh, hold that way. I'll be right I, here. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir, but there's no more room for it. No room? Come on, Unc. Little Doris. Uh, how about making room for Oopsie-daisy. William, you're upsetting the table. Bill, please. You can see this is just a table for two. Not one, huh? A freezer, huh? Okay, okay. Then I won't eat. I'll drink. I'll sit right here in the aisle and have a drink. Waiter! Behave yourself, Bill. Here's the conductor. Oh, what's the trouble, young man? Trouble? I won't stand for it. Who causes trouble? Uh, this is my fault, conductor. I had no idea he was coming in here in, in that condition. Back here to another table. Come on, Bill. You need something to eat. Better see he keeps quiet, miss. We don't want any trouble. Bill, be careful. Oh, oh, Bill. oh hey, watch what you're doing. What are you talking to? Oh, you're drunk. Good doctor, there goes a drunken man. All right, Doris, lead off. Oh, Bill. A sweet character, that boy. Yeah, if you like gin pots. Uh, waiter. Yes, sir. Forget the cocktail. Bring me a steak. Rare. Yes, sir. <coughs> Better make that two. <coughs> hey, uh, 
What's the matter with the old boy? Coughing his head off. Mr. Lawrence, Mr. Lawrence, here, here have some water. Can't get his Mr. breath. <coughs> Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence. What's the matter? Mr. Lawrence. Hey, Mark looks like he's collapsed. Yeah, let's get over there. Mr. Melton, what's wrong with him? We'll see. Hand me that glass of water. But his eyes, Mr. Melton. Look. Give me a hand, Joe. Lift his head up. What's the matter with him? Yeah, look at his face. This blue. What happened? Oh, no, no. What's going on? Uh, Mark? He's dead. You're right, Joe. No, no. Dead? No, no, no he, he can't be. He, he was just talking. He, he can't be dead. What's going on here? Oh. More trouble? Oh. Who's, who's Your been? uncle's oh. dead. Oh, so he's dead and... Huh? What'd you say? Dead? You're lying. You, hey, unk, unk, what are they doing to you? Don't let them come do on, anything. Come on, come on, Sonny. Take it easy, take it easy. Drink. Need a drink. Yeah, like I need a hole in the head. Come on. Just go over here and sit down. Oh, I I can't believe it. Not like this. Must have been that coughing spell, Miss Rogers. His heart just couldn't take it, I guess. Oh, I I know it had been troubling him lately, but... Oh, Mr. Melton. Oh, somebody's got to tell Mr. Randolph. Right away. Mr. Randolph? Oh, Frank Randolph, Mr. Lawrence's business partner. You met him. He's he's traveling with us. Oh, yes, the young guy. Uh, all right, well, wait a minute. There's something I... Yes, here it is. Miss Rogers, you were sitting here with him. What was in this glass, this one in front of him? Why, it was a, a vermouth cocktail. He, he ordered it when he ordered dinner. He always had one every night, but I, I don't understand. I see. Uh, here, Joe, take a whiff. Oh, holy. You recognize it, don't you? Well, Miss Rogers, I don't think he had a cocktail like this every night, because this was vermouth and cyanide. <gasps> He killed himself. Suicide? No, no, no. I, I, I can't believe it. Well, he. he Tell me something, uh-huh. Miss Rogers. Uh-huh. Isn't your party bound for the same place Joe and I are, Los Angeles? Well, yeah, yes. That, that's our home. And, and Joe. I, uh, yes, Mark. Suppose you send a wire to the boys at HQ and ask them to get us a quick checkup on old man Lawrence, find out what they can about him, and... Uh, a checkup, Mr. Melton? But I, I don't understand. Well, in the first place, Miss Rogers, I've seen a good bit of your employer since we've been on this train, and he certainly didn't act like a man about to kill himself. In the second place, I don't think he'd bring his secretary into a train diner and select a cozy table for two as a logical place for the job. And in the third place, it's an absolute cinch he would wouldn't order a meal just before he did it. Well, but but then that means... Yeah. Well, well, you say you can't believe he committed suicide, oh. Miss Rogers. Well, neither can I. I say it's murder. What? Murder? Murder? You, you can't be serious. All right, Joe. Better get started on that wire. Meanwhile, I'll have Mr. Lawrence removed. Okay. Oh, and Mark. Yeah? Then we'll eat, right? Mr. 
Miss Rogers, Mr. Randolph, if you'll just follow Joe into the club car. What happened to young Lawrence? We put him in his drawing room, conductor. He went out like a light two hours ago. Oh, look here, Mr. Melton. Uh, have, you haven't any right to keep us up like this. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, Mr. Randolph, but I want you people to wait for my report from headquarters. Oh, come on. We might as well make ourselves as comfortable as possible. But there's no sense in all this. Mr. Melton, if Lawrence was really murdered, which I doubt, then you certainly ought to know who's responsible. Whom do you mean? Well, I heard about that fall that Bill made across the table. Don't you see what an opportunity that was? <laughs> to drop cyanide into the drink? Is that what you mean? Certainly. But Randy... Uh, Mr. Randolph, uh, Bill was so drunk, he, he didn't know what he was doing. Of course, it couldn't have been an act. Well, no. if it was an act, Mr., it was one of the best. And I've seen plenty of them. I think we can forget all about it. Just a minute, Joe. I'm interested in this possibility, Mr. Randolph. Do you know of any reason why the nephew might have wanted to murder Mr. Lawrence? An excellent reason. As you probably know by now, Mr. Lawrence was a fairly wealthy man. Lately, he'd come to realize how worthless his nephew was, and he'd, well, threatened to cut him off without a cent. Miss Rogers here knows that. But uh, there was nothing definite about it. I, I understand. This is all beginning to add up to something. You see, I received a rather peculiar message tonight. It seems there was a spectator to Mr. Lawrence's murder. Spectator? What do you mean, Mr. Melton? Somebody in the diner? Evidently, Conductor. The note says, it happened when the nephew fell, and that's all. Ooh, who would send a note like that? Your guess is as good as mine. It's just signed... The Witness. The Witness? Did any of you get a note like that? I didn't. No, certainly not. not. No, no, I, I didn't. And who do you think it could be? Wish I knew, because we could use his testimony. Randolph, did you see anybody in the diner who could have passed for this fellow? What you see, Melton, I wasn't in the diner when this thing happened. Oh, that's right. But you were right before it happened, weren't you? What do you mean? When? I understood from the waiter that you were in the diner when Miss Rogers and Lawrence first came in. Oh, uh, oh yes. Uh, what about it? Because you weren't there to eat. I heard you ordered dinner and then didn't stay for it. Well, I... I changed my mind and left. But not until Lawrence had ordered his vermouth cocktail. Say what? Now look here, if you're trying to prove that I doctored that drink, you can forget it. I was at the very opposite end of the diner from Lawrence and Miss Rogers, clear to the back. Yes, where the waiter mixes the cocktails. And, of course, knowing that Lawrence invariably had that particular drink, you'd be able to recognize it. Oh, look here, is this some game you're playing? I didn't kill him. I'd have no reason to kill him. Now that's a matter of interpretation, Randolph, according to this wire from headquarters. Wire? But, but I thought that's what you were waiting for. Funny how those things slip his mind, Miss Rogers. Ooh. Randolph Lawrence's lawyer informed the Los Angeles police that your partner was just in the course of dissolving the firm. Dissolving the firm? But I... 
I knew nothing of... Also, that you knew about it. Also, that that would mean that he would retire with practically all the money, since it was his, leaving you with peanuts. But I... That's what he was going to do, Randolph. Only he didn't get around to it. He was killed. I didn't do it, I tell you. You haven't any proof that I did. None at all. I've had enough of this. I'm going to my drawing room, and don't try to stop me. Want me to grab him, Mark? No, let him go. Not much we can do now except keep an eye on him, and that goes for the nephew. The nephew? But, But I thought... We won't need the car anymore, Conductor. All right, sir. Uh, come on, Miss Rogers. I'll I'll take you up to your drawing room. You don't really think I can sleep, do you? After all this? Wouldn't hurt you to try. I, I couldn't. It's all been... Look, Mr. Melton, the top of this side door is open. Please, let's stay here on the platform a second. I'd, I'd like some air. Well, you look like you could do with some of that. But somebody ought to be up front near our little playmates... Joe, would you mind staying here with Miss Rogers? Not at all. I would be... No, going up front with the boys. Oh. You always get the good jobs. Let me know if anything happens. Yeah, and same to you. Come on, conductor. Mr. Mountain, look here. Hey, don't lean ah. out that way. What do you want to do, fall out? I'm all right. I, I was just watching that other train. There's one coming towards us. Oh, yes. You can just see its light. It'll pass right by us on that next track. How long will it take, do you think? A minute? Two minutes? What's this going to be? One of those philosophical things about trains that pass in the night? No, no. I I just wondered. Well, it depends on a lot of things. How fast it's going, how fast we're going, and... Well, it's like this thing that happened tonight. How do you mean? Look at what you have to consider. Mm -hmm. That one person was there before the cocktail was served. Mm -hmm. Another was there after it was served. Mm -hmm. And still another was there all the time, before, during, and after. You don't mean this mysterious witness. (laughs) No, Angel. I mean you. Me? (laughs) So I'm one of the suspects now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't worry about it. I even have my eye on the conductor. (laughs) Anyway, it's it's a mean trick. And just as I was about to call you Mark instead of Mr. Melton. (laughs) Well, why don't you? Some of my best friends are murderers. (laughs) All right. And you can call me Doris. Fine. But, uh... Won't Randolph object? Randolph? (laughs) Why should he? He's your husband, isn't he? My husband? (laughs) Whatever gave you that idea? I don't know. I guess it was that wire I got from headquarters. According to that, you were married to Randolph in Las Vegas six months ago. I... I... uh... Oh, now, don't be bashful about it, Doris. After all, you're not a bride any longer, you know. All right, it's true. We hadn't wanted Mr. Lawrence to know about it right now, that's all. So we kept it a secret. But don't you see the point? You have the same motive for poisoning Lawrence that Randolph, your husband, has. But I didn't kill him. I I swear I didn't. I didn't kill him any more than Randy did. I I don't... Hey, Mark. I went back there. I can't hear you, Joe. That other train's making so much noise. The nephew's gone. The Bill Lawrence is gone. Doris, what is it? What's the matter? 
of it. So what? Oh, uh, man, he, he jumped from this train right, right in front of that other one. Oh, the one that just passed. Quick, Joe. We've got to get to the next car. Oh. We've got to stop this train. Oh. You think it's somebody in this case? I don't know, but we've got to find out. Where's the emergency cord? Here. Here we are. That's it. about what she saw, Mark. Everybody's pretty unhappy about this unplanned stop. So we need to be quick about it. But if she saw right, well then, but we're not far enough back at the train yet. Yeah. <coughs> a whole train stop within 70, 80 yards. This, this ought to be right about here. Huh. What? Wait. Over there to the right, down that embankment. See it? Uh, yeah, yes, Mr. Belton. Yes, I do. Come on. There. Uh, right. There he is. Uh, what's left of him? Oh, uh, oh who, who is it? I, I can't stand it. It's okay. You, you don't have to look. Here, Joe. Uh, hold the lantern. Yeah. I'll go through the pockets. A little closer with that lantern, Joe. That's it. These clothes. You recognize them, don't you? Mark, Mr. Bailey, have you found him? It's the Rogers Day, Mark. She's coming down. Don't let her. Stop her. Stay away, Doris. Who is it, Mark? Mark, have you... I tried to stop you. I just found the identification in his pocket. It's your husband, Doris. It's Frank Randolph. Well, how's she taking it, Mark? You think she'll be okay? Well, I think so. Of course, it's a terrific shock, her husband killing himself that way. Well... You could have fooled me about that, Randolph. I'd never seen any of the others before, but I had seen him. You had, Conductor? Yes, he traveled a lot for his firm. Uh, nearly always used his train. He just didn't look like a murderer to me. They rarely do. Here we are, Doris, your room. We'll only stay a second. Anything you want, miss, if you'd like me to send a wire to somebody oh, or... No, nothing now. Oh, it's too old. Randy didn't do it. I tell, I tell you, he couldn't. He, he wasn't a murderer. I'm sorry, Doris, but I'm afraid it just adds up that way. Everything was against him. It would have been just a matter of time before we'd got him. He simply beat us to Oh, no. No, it's, it's not true. You've got no proof. None at all. But don't you see? 
He was the only one who had a motive, a reason to do it. The nephew didn't. There was no reason at all for him to... Joe! You thinking what I'm thinking, Mark? Yes. When you came out on that platform just before Randolph jumped... I told you Bill Lawrence was gone. He wasn't in his drawing room. Have you seen him since? No. Neither have I. Come on. Let's take a look in his room. It's the third one down. Mark, here, here, this one. I don't know why we... Oh, excuse me, mister. (laughs) Wrong room. No, no wrong room. This is Bill's. Well, then somebody's trespassing because there's a guy sitting in there. Yeah? Let's see about this. Say, mister, uh, we're looking for Bill Lawrence. Wonder if... What's the matter with him? We'll soon find out. Hey, mister. Is he deaf? Yeah, awfully deaf. He's dead. Dead? Dead? But but who is it, Mark? I don't think I've ever seen him before. Neither have I. Uh, That goes for me, too, and I've seen every single person on this train. Well, then what's the answer? I mean, where did he come from? Wait, wait, wait. We know one thing. There's one other person mixed up in this case, and it's a person we haven't seen. This must be the one who sent that note. The witness. Maybe you're right. Well, he he must have been hiding on this train somewhere. And uh, when Bill Lawrence found out that he'd seen him poison his uncle, he he tracked him down and and killed him. Yeah, yeah. So how'd he do it, Mark? I mean, how'd he kill him? I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway. What? It doesn't matter. Well, of course it does. Come on, let's find out. I've got a better idea. Yeah? Let's go into the baggage car. Okay, we'll go into the baggage car. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? Well, what about this guy here? He's not important. Come on. Not important. The witness is sitting here dead in the nephew's drawing room, and he's not important. Forget it, Joe. That's not the witness. Yeah, well, how do you know? It couldn't be. You see, this guy's been dead anywhere from 24 hours to two weeks. 24 uh, hours. Two weeks? Kidding me. Sure, he's been embalmed. So the kid was putting on a drunk act all along, huh? That's the way it looks, Joe. That was a note from that witness guy that really called the turn. From that point on, Bill knew he was on thin ice. Then, Randolph evidently found some really telling evidence against him. So what happens? He goes for Randolph. And Randolph didn't really commit suicide at all. The nephew pushed him. That's right, Conductor. And then made his getaway in all that mob and confusion when we stopped the train. Yes. Here we are. What do you people think of that theory? Do you like it? mean, Mark. If it's the truth, we have no choice, but... That's just it, Doris. It isn't. That theory won't hold water. Come on, one car down, two to go. I just don't get this, Mark. You mean the nephew didn't do it? Not a chance, Joe. Whoever pushed Randolph off this train, right in front of that other one, had to have everything timed just right. Had to know exactly when that other train would pass. Bill wouldn't know that. According to the conductor here, he'd never been on this train before. 
Well, then, uh, then it has to be somebody who knows everything about this train. Is that it? That be it. There isn't anybody left. Look, who knows this train like a book? Who's been with us every second from the start and was right at that table when Lawrence's cocktail was spiked? I don't know. Who, in fact, was in a position to carry a dead man through the aisles without attracting any attention whatever because it would be like a conductor carrying a drunk passenger to bed? Why? Why? I don't know. Oh, come now, conductor. That should be a cinch for you. The answer is a conductor. The conductor? conductor? Are you serious? Look here, Melton. What are you trying to do? (laughs) You can relax. It's not you. You've got almost all the requirements except the motive. And the person I'm talking about has. In fact, he's got everything. Lead on. Joe, there's just one more car. Oh, look here, Mark. You can't keep this up indefinitely. There just ain't nobody else. No? Well, what about Randolph? Randolph? Say, this is your idea of something funny. I know. Just figure it out, Doris. Randolph had the motive, and he knew the train. Look, Mark, Randolph's dead. We picked him up, what, 30 miles back there? You remember that? No, we didn't, Joe. That wasn't Randolph. Not Randolph? Then who was it? Why, Bill Lawrence, of course. What? Lawrence? But the clothes, the identification. Put on him. Planted on him. You can do most anything to a man when he's passed out. You can even push him off a train. Then, Then if that was Bill, where's my husband? Where's Randy? We're coming to that. In fact, we've already arrived. Here's the baggage car. You mean he's inside there? That's right. Step in, everybody. Mark, is he, is he dead? Not dead, Doris. Just a little worn out from two murders. From changing clothes with Bill, pushing him off the train, then carrying a dead man into Bill's room when 60 or 70 bleary-eyed passengers were too panicky to notice. You're lying. It's, it's not true. Randy! Randy, where are you? Hey, what's the idea? What do you want? Randy! She's looking for her husband, Andrews. Well, I just take care of baggage, not husbands. He's not here. Why are you doing this to me, Mark? You lied to me. No, I didn't, Doris. Now look, friend. There ain't nobody in here except us trunks. Three dead men and a... Now that's where you're wrong, Andrews. Two dead men. Well, count them yourself. The two new ones over there in the corner, covered up. And this one here in the coffin. Tell me something. Where were you when the train was stopped? The emergency stop? Why, I was outside like everyone else. You saw me. Yeah. Well, while you were away, a slight change was made. The gentleman who used to occupy that coffin is now up in front in a drawing room. He had to make room for another guy. Mark, you mean Randolph's in that coffin there? That's right. Oh, I can't stand this anymore. You're, you're lying. You're making all of this up. 
Oh, no, Doris. I don't believe it. Your husband knew it would be only so long before we got him for Lawrence's murder, so he decided to build up a case of suicide against himself, hide in here until he had a chance to escape, and... Yeah, but that's doing it the hard way, ain't it? I mean, why didn't he just sneak away with the crowd when the train stopped? Well, suppose we have Mr. Randolph answer that himself. Okay, here's your crowbar, Mark. I'll help you pry that lid open. We won't need it. We'll just open it like a door, and... There. There's your Mr. Red. Murdered! Stabbed! Yeah. My mistake, Andrews. You do have three dead ones. <laughs> Doesn't look like Randolph will be able to answer that question, does it? I think I can answer it for him, Joe. He did it the hard way. Hit out in, in this coffin because his accomplice persuaded him to. It was part of the plan. The plan? You see, with Lawrence dead, Randolph would fall heir to the business. But with Randolph dead, or supposedly dead, his accomplice would get it. Later, they'd split. Well, how... How do you figure that? Well, when a man dies, his proper property usually passes to his widow. Isn't that right, Doris? I, I, I don't know. I, I, oh, but you should, uh, because you engineered this whole thing, using your husband's help. Then, when you got him into the coffin, you killed him. After all, it could always pass for suicide. And after all, why should you have to split with anybody? Oh, this is insane. You, you haven't one shred of proof. Not one bit of evidence. I have enough to start with. That note you received from the witness, the one that told you not to believe the note he sent us about Bill Lawrence being the murderer? No, no, but I didn't get any note. What are you trying... That's exactly what I mean, Doris. You're denying it. You kept still about that note because you wanted me to think it was the nephew. You're bluffing. I didn't get any note, and you know it. Oh, but you did, Doris. I know you did, because I sent it. <gasps> hey, hey, then, then you're the witness. You're the... All right, <laughs> Get your hands up, all of you. You're not getting me, do you understand? There are enough bullets in this gun to stop every single one of you. Listen, lady, this baggage car will only hold so I'm many warning stiffs. you, don't... Okay, Joe, let her have it. Say, what are you doing? That's all, sister. I knew that crowbar would be good for something. Gee, May, I sure ate to conk a dame like that. It always gives me a bad feeling right in the pit of my stomach. Brother, believe me, that's a whole lot better than a bullet. All right, Conductor, if you'll just find accommodations for Miss Rogers and party until we hit the Union Terminal. It's been a nice, restful trip, but we're a little tired right now. Uh, hey, Mark. Yeah? Now can we eat? Thus, The Witness on the Westbound Train. Written by Harold Medford. Produced and directed by Charles Venda. And with music composed and conducted by Bernard Herman. This has been another in the new series of plays of melodrama and mystery. Plays that bring you suspense. 
Next week, at this same time, CBS invites you to tune in to an adaptation of one of the outstanding thrillers from the field of fiction, Finishing School, the sixth in the series, Suspense. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, please share the links with others so they can enjoy it too. And if you only heard it, then please visit projectaudion.com or youtube.com slash projectaudion so you can watch it as well. And we have plenty of other classic radio recreations online too. Until next time, thanks for listening.